Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the Movie Multiverse podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Chartier, joined as always by my co-host, Stephen Verville. How are you today, Stephen? I'm doing good, man. Really warm. It's, uh, the, the summer heat has kicked in here in the north, and uh, yeah, I'm just we're doing my best to stay cool. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah, I got the AC running, but I can't really, like, it's it kicks in and it kicks out. So if you hear a bit of noise in the back, it's that time of it year. Is. It's that time of year, exactly. We get we got to stay comfortable, right? Yeah, exactly. We got to make some uh, some sacrifices if we're going to be uh, living uh, throughout the entire summer. Exactly. <laughs> You've been watching the Blue Jays lately. I have, and I'm actually depressed. <laughs> like they're so bad. Man. They're so bad. They're so awful. And it's not even like a po- like something you could point out and be like, you know, it's it's this starter that's causing them trouble, or you know, no. this batter is hitting you know, very weakly. It's like, no, there, there's nobody that's consistent on the team besides Bo Bichette. Yeah. No, the hitters, they're not hitting enough. They're not scoring enough runs. No clutch. The pitchers yeah. aren't really like they're, they're average. Like they've had a couple of good starters, but you know, it's just inconsistent. And then their bullpen just has no depth. No, it's, it's, it's sad. What's funny is I actually expected them to be pretty well-rounded. Like I thought all five starters were going to be, you know, Really good. Like, I thought Kevin Gosman, Chris Bassett, and Alec Manoa would be, like, battling for the ace spot. Yeah. And, like, Manoa is, like, the worst starter of the of the five, which is the absolute worst thing. And, you know, Gosman and, and Bassett have, you know, been good, but they've both had a bad start recently. So, it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. There's not really much optimism on the team, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I think the past few years, the uh, opening day starter – it, it's been bad luck the past three years. Do Rochambeau, like, at that I, point. Like, no, they should call up a guy from AAA, get, <laughs> get him to start the opener, and then just send them down. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, last year it was Jose Barrios, and he got lit up, and he had a pretty mediocre season. And then this year, Manoa. And Manoa is an absolute disaster this year. It's not even like, oh, he's weak. Like, he sucks. And... Yeah. I think it's pitch clock related potentially, but like if I'm, if I'm the organization, I don't care about optics. I don't care about fan uproar. I'm sending them. I'm sending him down to triple A. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure that's an option at this point. Like he's already spent a full season and a half, but but he sucks. So it's like, that or you do the uh, phantom IL stint where, Oh, he's got a, a, or rotator cuff. And in reality, it's just him practicing and like honing his, his craft, maybe getting more accustomed to the pitch clock. I'm not sure. They did it with Yusei Kikuchi a few times last year. It never worked, but I think Alec has more potential than Yusei. So, you know, that's one I would also, I would be kind of open to is the IL stint for maybe 10 days. Yeah. Something well, like that. Miss a few starts. Yeah. Let's hope they figure it out at some point because well, yeah, it's going to be a long summer. It will be. It, they're fun to watch sometimes. It's just like I, when you're at last in the American League East, like the only conference in baseball with a, with a 600 plus win average yeah that's a little sketchy like your last so yeah it's tough it's tough we'll see though we gotta hope for the best they bounced back last year i think they'll bounce back this year hopefully hopefully all right let's jump uh into the news for this week not a lot of stuff this week so uh this is actually one that i missed uh from last week um Ginny and georgia got a uh dual season renewal at netflix season three and season four so yeah, you don't see that often, eh? Two seasons, like, instantly, unless it's, like, a triple-A, like, like Game of Thrones, if they would have been, like, oh, we're doing five and six, you know? That wouldn't have been surprising, but, like, yeah, it's rare to see that, especially from Netflix, when they're when they're so trigger-happy with cancellations. Yeah. Like, two in a row like that, that's kind of shocking. Yeah, so this is, I kind of expected this, to be honest, with this one, because when season two premiered in January, it, it came in into the top ten of Netflix, um, like all time, like minutes watched. Interesting. I didn't know in that. the first twenty eight days, That's and then cool. it, it quickly got booted out by another show, <laughs> like a, a few weeks later. But but you know, like that's still quite remarkable that it was able to uh, get into the top ten of all time <laughs> uh, viewing minutes uh, in the first twenty eight days. Uh, so, I agree for sure. So it's all so, surprising. I guess. Yeah. So I think it, it surprised me that it took this long to to announce a renewal, but I guess maybe they were negotiating a a two season renewal. So maybe that's why it took so long. So anyways, um, excited to see uh, that when it comes back uh, two years from now. So next one I have here is wheel of time season two to release on September 1st on prime video. 
Uh, I don't believe you've seen this show, right? I've I never even heard of this show. Is this a time travel show or? No, so it's a it's like a medieval fantasy show. Oh, that's cool. With actually. like magic, like Warcraft of, style, or like yeah, more sort of rings, like Lord of the Rings style, and that's cool actually. Game of Thrones style. Um, okay, it's, it's based off a, I believe, a fourteen book series, like fourteen books. Interesting. <laughs> so it's it's already been renewed for season three, and I think season three is uh, filming right now. Um, but uh. But yeah, so the first season released a while ago, but like with these sci-fi shows, like they take their time and they really make sure uh, all the effects are done correctly and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, for sure. It's for not sure. like, uh, like the MCU at times has, you know, they, they stick to like release patterns, right? Whereas these sort of fantasy shows, they tend to not stick to a, a timely manner. No, <laughs> they'll, for sure. they'll, they'll release it when it's ready. So uh, excited to see... Uh, how it how it turns out and uh you should uh give it a shot i think this is i, I, I think I, it's something you might like yeah i was about to say i think that is something like in my wheelhouse i just honestly i'd never heard of it it's not even like me choosing not to watch it i didn't even know it existed if i'm honest and that's uh yeah and there's like uh there's an aspect of like the chosen one in this one as well interesting okay so very very uh fantasy-esque <laughs> yes exactly so so it's uh i'm excited to see uh where they go with this and uh like i said season three has already been announced and i believe they're filming right now so hopefully not as long as a wait between season two and season three yeah for sure uh next one i have here a bit of mcu news uh rosa salazar cast in captain america new world order now i think i i heard a rumor she's playing like a member of the serpent society if not like the leader of the serpent society okay. um, something like that so um, obviously that's just like the rumor and should not be <laughs> taken as fact you have no idea right now right exactly so like this project's been getting a lot of news over the last like three weeks obviously they're filming so like people are getting information from the set and stuff yeah but uh, yeah, this one we don't i honestly have no idea because it, it's called new world order and the captain america civil war was originally titled serpent society so mm -hmm. you know are they using that initial like i know that was kind of a fake out but like are they maybe using initial concept for that film for this film and they're just replacing steve with with uh sam uh so i think that might be an option but mm -hmm. I, i'm really excited for this movie though like i, I know you know i know it's a, a year away i think right about a year and a half am I, am I mistaken on that no exactly a year away it's uh, releasing in uh, may of next year so okay so yeah like i'm legit excited for this like i i love the uh, i've been Rewatching uh, some parts from uh, Captain America or Falcon uh, Winter Soldier. Okay, and uh, man, like Sam at the end there as 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 Captain America was was so perfect, and I'm just I'm excited to see more of him. I, I think it's a a very good take on that character and uh, differs from Steve, but in a good way. No, for sure. Um, it'll be cool to see a different take on the uh, on the character. So, um, like as you mentioned, we only really got Captain America Sam in the last real ep like in the last episode, yeah. really. So brief too. Like so, it was a shame. It'll be nice to see to see this. Um, and like I enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's not my favorite MCU show, but I feel like it did a lot of really good things, and uh, I'm excited to see uh, more of this. I guess street level. I guess it's it's a little more street level than. Like it did it. It's like military level. Right? I, I think it's like yeah. almost the way I want to put it. Because street level is more like yeah, it's more uh, kingpin well, and uh, yeah, daredevil. Yeah, but like right. this is like military level. This is like early Iron Man, Captain America. Like you're not dealing with with aliens, you know. Like I don't know. It's it's very early MCU vibes, which is something that I, I really like personally. For sure. So excited to see that when it comes out. Yeah. Um, next, uh, a little bit more MCU news. Uh, so Marvel Studios pauses production on Thunderbolts and Wonder Man due to the writer's strike. Probably not a bad idea. Um, probably the reason they haven't paused on Captain America New World Order was they were already filming for like two yes. months prior. So um, any, actually... any rewrites, like they would have had time to kind of think about it. And Marvel Studios famously rewrites a lot of their scripts while yes, they're filming. Exactly. So. Yeah, I've actually heard that this these both of these projects being paused was actually indefinite. Um, well, on, it's in, it's indefinite because you don't know when the writer's yes, strike is going to end. And also, right? like so. now that because of the writer's strike, I think they're again going back to the drawing board on release schedule, right? Because things are maybe have to change now because they are slowly, 
you know, being pushed back every, you know, so many weeks or whatever that this strike goes on, the projects basically are going behind schedule. So they probably will yeah. not reach their initial release window. So yeah, well, that, that all depends, right? That all depends on uh, obviously when the writer's strike ends. Um, no, exactly. And I think we're both begging the studios, like, just get it off. Oh, <laughs> come, come to an agreement. Like, like do something that's fair for both sides and you know like let, let's let's move on there like people need to work first of all and second of all like you know like yeah I, I love for these projects to get back into motion like i said you know it, it, it's good for it's good for fans it's good for companies and it's it's good for the actual writers so you know hopefully yeah. that gets resolved asap and like just thinking about all the the entire cast and crew that you know that they're not going to get paid because no, exactly <laughs> it's, it's um... So, yeah, no, for sure. And in terms of release dates, I mean, that's kind of, it's a little early to, to be able to tell that, but uh, they've shuffled before and they, they can again if they if need be. Yeah, for sure. Next one I have here is uh, John Wick 5 in early development. I don't think this is entirely shocking considering the success of the John Wick uh, franchise and the fact that they were originally supposed to film, I think, John Wick 4 and 5, like back to back. So not entirely shocking. No, definitely not, and uh, I think it's welcomed. Like you, you've seen John Wick four, and you said you loved it, so like I, I'm not surprised. It was very popular, very well received. I think they're just gonna keep going. I think Keanu loves this. It's like you know, it's it's his child. Just the way like uh, Vin Diesel looks at the Fast and the Furious. I think that's how Keanu <laughs> feels about John Wick. No, for sure, for sure. And uh, last bit of news before we get into a trailer reaction. Um, Netflix has seemingly renewed. The Witcher for a season five. So season five already too. I did not see yeah. that. That's so I, I think there was a casting director that kind of talked about season five and said that we're gonna film like back to back or something like that. Hmm. Season four, intriguing. But season four is supposed to start filming like in September or something like that. So yeah, well, thought that we're gonna film season four, take a little break, and then get right back at it with season five, uh, with uh, Liam Hemsworth taking over uh, the role of Geralt. So yeah, uh, I'm not. You know, we'll see. Uh, I have open mind, uh, open mindedness in this one, uh, and I think they probably have faith, right? Liam's a good actor, so that's yeah. probably why they decided to do. You know, we'll we'll automatically know because The Witcher is very popular. I, I think it's over exaggerated how many people are actually going to stop watching because of Henry's departure. I think that's definitely just like people saying it more than meaning yeah, it's, it. It's a little over the top. It is like it's a shame. I actually think that's changing actor in any project is a shame, right? You you want to keep consistency you especially if it's a good casting like stick with it but you know sometimes look, look at some of the mcu recasts sometimes it's better even yeah. though the original was still really good so you know gotta keep it over mind gotta give it a chance if he sucks he sucks like i'm not gonna defend it blindly, <laughs> but you know yeah we gotta see this right we can't just be you know chads and be like oh well, sorry, henry's gone i'm gone it's like okay <laughs> exactly <laughs> no exactly so excited for uh we're about a month away from part one release. Yeah, season I forgot three, about so. that. I'm binging so, that in a day, probably maybe two days. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And last thing I have here is uh, they released a new trailer for Barbie. Oh, Any God. thoughts, Steven? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I really have mixed feelings on this movie because so, like some parts of this legit. I'm like, this looks like it's going to be awesome. And then other parts, I'm just like, this is really not for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's such a fine line here, like where it's like, it's such a nice blend of, of different like genres and styles and stuff mm -hmm. that it, it like you could see like there's a great level of comedy here and actually very interesting story. But then there's also like almost like a, a like a, a tweeny vibe to it, which is obviously it's Barbie, right? What, what, what do you expect? But <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. There's just some stuff there. I'm, it's like, I don't know like how I feel, but then I'm just like, there's probably going to be a good movie under all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's very convoluted. We finally got plot details in this trailer too. It's what yep. we, predicted slash you know expected you know it's good i think it's an interesting movie i also like speaking of this film it's just hilarious how many how much memes i'm seeing about barbie and oppenheimer like going to war like <laughs> yeah. legit hilarious memes. like the biggest battle since the, you know the romans and stuff and it's like those two pictures it's like, oh my God. <laughs> but uh i know you're excited for this movie so you, why, uh, why don't you give me your thoughts on this trailer yeah, no, I think it, it looks like a lot of fun and uh, it was really nice to get some plot details, as you mentioned. Like, um, I think we both kind of predicted this was kind of what was going to happen, but um, it's obviously fun to see it. Um, so Barbie and Ken, I guess, are going to go roaming into the real world and have to figure out why 
Barbie is feeling different in some way. So yeah, um, I, they didn't explain why they would be going to the real world very well. But yeah, exactly. So there will be a reason, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly, and uh, like the Barbie world stuff just looks like a, a lot of fun, a uh, lot of good jokes in there, um, and it just it just looks like it's gonna be a good time. Uh, Will Ferrell's one line <laughs> just made me crack up. Oh god, which line uh, are you talking about? Uh, the one where he's in the office and he yelled like, "This could be catastrophic!" Oh yeah, it's it's so like corny. It's so over the top. Yeah, it's so corny, but like it's supposed to be. I know. Uh, I know. Is this gonna be a sing along kind of movie or like a musical? Because uh, um, I don't think so. But like I, I I've believe there Gosling will be a lot of song. songs in it. Like I, I believe Ryan Gosling is gonna be singing a song called like "I'm Ken" or something like that. Okay. Or... <laughs> So that's why, like, that's you know, there's there's two aspects of this film, right? There's that you know, kitty, not kitty, but like you know, very bubblegummy, like yeah, world, and then there's the like, it looks like it's gonna be like like an adult, genuine like cop thriller where they're hunting down Barbie, (laughs) Ken and Barbie. (laughs) So it's like it's such a weird one. I am very undecided on if I want to partake in this or not, but you know. We'll see where life takes us, I suppose. It's that, or, like, honestly, it's going to be the point where it's that or Oppenheimer for me. Like, for what I will probably go see if I go to the movies. So I'm going to have to make a decision on that one. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. No, I think this looks like a lot of fun, and I'm I'm excited. And I think more than ever, like, this is, like, for sure an adult movie. Like, I don't, it, think, I don't think this is for kids at all. I think it's meant for people who yeah. grew, up, like, grew up with, like, the classic Barbie, where yeah. it wasn't, like, as complicated. It was very simple. And... It's clear that this film is not taking itself seriously in the slightest. Like they know you're like you're going in here to laugh. Like you're not going in here because you know you want to be a princess and you know your daughter loves Barbie. Like this is more of like a preach yourself. You know, it, it, I don't know. It's just such a such an interesting concept. I really did not think this would be a good movie based on like the announcement and stuff. But man, these trailers are actually not that bad. So. Yeah, no, they they've definitely got me excited. So excited to see. Uh see it when it comes out in two months ish so anything else uh, you wanted to bring up for news or uh yeah actually uh i i don't know if you had planned on talking about this uh next week but uh i want to talk about the announcement that i don't I think this is an official announcement that tamora morrison's gonna be playing rex in ahsoka yes 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 that that was like my, that made my week because like that's like my third favorite star wars character so like i'm so excited to see him in live action uh yes. that is official announcement right or like like credible announcement yeah I've... exclusive by uh big screen leaks so uh he's a pretty credible guy so i trust him but yeah um... i didn't know if you want to talk about that next week or something but i i just i just thought you know it's big for me it was big this week and you know it was on my mind so i just wanted to mention it no for sure yeah no i think it's exciting i think he also confirmed that he might be playing like more than one clone in the show as well he might play so, he might play wolf because wolf was still alive too so okay yeah so he might be he might be in there playing multiple clones but uh i think seeing rex is going to be a hell of a special it's going to be awesome um, yeah and i think more than ever they're going to <laughs> you know that that picture in episode six of one of the soldiers with the beard yeah they're they're definitely gonna make him rex. they're making him rex <laughs> yeah i think they already kind of have uh like in like some canon like novels and, and like, okay books and stuff that is straight up is confirmed that rex was on the planet so a lot of people are like oh that was him you know yeah no for they, sure. like, but no yeah i'm excited for this i think this i think the show is gonna outdo expectations because I, I really do think that this is going to be a special project and like I'm dying to watch this in the next two months. For sure. And I'm excited to uh, to see a second trailer for this because Me uh, too. that first one was killer. It, it was I enough, kept... but yeah. I will take more. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So shall I get into my review of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? For sure. Final season, right? Final season. I am sad. I can imagine <laughs> the shows are in here, so like this is probably like the first one we're going to be talking about, really. So. Exactly, dude. Four shows are ending in the next week, <laughs> or in one week. Like, Oof. like marvelous Mrs. Basil is over tonight. Barry and Succession are ending, and then next Wednesday it's going to be uh, the finale of season three of Ted Lasso. Wow! <laughs> so in yeah. one week we have four big shows that are ending so gonna be bored this summer exactly (laughs) um all right so uh the final season of the marvelous mrs Maisel has come and gone uh this season 
kind of completes the story of how Mrs. Maisel becomes a world famous stand up comic. Um, the show kind of began with Midge, a mother of two children, uh, finding out that her husband was cheating on her. And she ended up just going to a bar and taking an open mic and venting about her life and getting a bunch of laughs about it. And that's where this kind of all started. Susie, who was a worker at that bar at the time, noticed her for the talent that she is and decided to jump headfirst into the managing business and taking on Midge as her first client. Through five seasons, there's been a lots of ups and downs uh, where both like Midge and Susie have learned their fair share of lessons. Uh, and this all leads to Midge becoming one of the most famous comics in the world and Susie becoming one of the biggest and most influential managers uh, in the world. Uh, so some highlights from this season, and this will go into some spoilery. <laughs> uh, there will be spoilers for season five here. Um, some big highlights for me have been like they decided to do flash forward scenes in this season. Um, and in different episodes, uh, like they've caught up with like separate characters that we know uh, varying from, let's say, five to 20 years in the future really depending on the story they were trying to tell. Um, so that's been kind of cool. Um, we've got to see <laughs> some moments um, where Midge got to see uh, her kids in the future. So her kids were all grown up and we got to see some scenes like that. Um, like either, because I think her kids are like 10-ish in the yeah. show. So, yeah. so they were probably like in their mid-20s or 30s. Um, so that was probably like 20 years in the future. Um, we got to see some major scenes with uh, Joel, who is uh, Midge's husband um, or ex-husband <laughs> um, and uh, where he got in the future. We got to see like a really big episode with Susie in the future. Um, they were doing a roast on her honor. Uh, okay. So that was that was a pretty good episode. I enjoyed that one. Um, another major highlight for me has been Joel and uh, Midge's relationship. Um, while they never really got back together and married again after their initial breakup, um, they still share two kids and they do share a kind of love for each other that I don't think will ever kind of go away. And so that has been pretty noticeable throughout the seasons. And they obviously spend a lot of time together since their families are still as close as ever. We see in this season with the help of the flash forwards that Joel actually sacrifices himself and his career in order for Midge to be freed uh, of an obligation from like mobsters, which was a mistake by Susie uh, when she started her business. So he essentially allows the mobsters to run their business in his bar uh, and helps them kind of launder money for years before they get caught. Um, mm -hmm. So that essentially any money that Midge brings in, which those mobsters had like a right to, they essentially freed her of any obligation. And so in the future, everything that Midge makes will be 100% hers. And so that was quite the sacrifice by him um, and kind of highlights that love that they still have for each other. Um, the last highlight for me in this season has been the growth of Midge's parents um, and their realization that Midge is not weak or helpless and that she is very brave for choosing the life she's living, um, especially in that time, as this show is set in like the 50s, the late 50s, 60s, early 60s. In one of the last episodes, her dad has a monologue to his friends. Um, and it's honestly one of the best scenes I've ever seen. Um, he's essentially kicking himself for not realizing sooner what his daughter is doing and how she's done it all by herself with like barely any support. And he's only now noticing her. And so with that, there was a really nice moment in the last episode where you can really tell how proud him and his mom and Mitch's mom are of her. And that's honestly like really a lot of growth for them uh, from season one. So that was pretty, pretty special for the show in its entirety. I think this show has been a masterclass in writing from start to finish. Um, the creator, Amy uh, Palladino, uh, has done a phenomenal job bringing this story to life. And the actors, uh, starting with uh, Rachel uh, Brosnahan, uh, Alex Bornstein, uh, Michael Zegan, etc. Like they've all 
done a great job bringing these characters to life. So I cannot say enough about the acting and the writing on this show. It's truly, truly been spectacular all the way through. Um, all of the character stories, whether that's uh, Joel and Midge's entire five-story arc, uh, Lenny Bruce, who's actually a real stand-up comedian uh, in that era. Um, so they made a character for him because obviously, you know, she's a stand-up comedian. So I think that kind of makes sense that uh, if you're making a story about the stand-up comedian in the 1950s, well, Lenny Bruce would be present as well. So for sure. uh, their relationship is pretty special. Um both sets of parents, both Midge's and Joel's parents, and it's been pretty good. And obviously, the uh, the shining story through it all is Midge and Stor and Susie's uh, story slash relationship. If they don't nail that relationship, the show does not exist, and it's not as successful as it is. Um, that is truly the bread and butter of this show, is Midge and Susie's story. So. The show has been a roller coaster of emotions. It's been funny and at times so ridiculous, but at its best, it's extremely heart heartfelt and tells a meaningful story. I've really enjoyed watching the show through the past few years and will be missed. If anyone hasn't seen the show yet, highly recommend it because it's been one of my favorites and uh, I'm going to miss it. Yeah, it's safe to say, I guess you were satisfied with how it all wrapped up. Nothing, no loose ends, nothing like that. Yeah, no, I think this was a great finale. Good. Yeah, it's nice when a good show, and like like you said, like it's a perfectly written show and things like that. It ends, and you don't feel like they did a disservice to the the long term uh, investment you've made with it. It's nice when the show actually ends, and you're like, you know what? I would watch that again, and I'm very I'm very satisfied with you know what we've been given. Sometimes exactly. end, some ends of shows just kill them. I, I I don't know, like How I Met Your Mother is a good example. Like the, <laughs> the end of that show just just you know hurts but then when you like if you would have thought of it as a good ending like perfect show right so i'm glad yeah. i'm glad that this show got the the, the all-star ending that uh, you and many other fans are probably hoping for no for sure so for me with tv shows and movies like as you're as you're noting there like endings are a big part of how you rank stuff and even for episodes like how an episode ends it's like it leaves a lasting impression on you right oh, 100%. Yeah. and so like it's so critical that the end is done correctly. And it's just like this show ended the way it started with Midge and a mic. And that was perfect. Yeah. 100%. Good. So yeah, no, truly a, truly a fantastic show. And uh, for sure, but I'm sure you'll rewatch it someday and you'll be satisfied. Right. So no, absolutely. Maybe I'll rewatch it with someone or something. So yeah, 100%. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you wanted to mention there? Uh, no questions you had. No, uh no i think i'm pretty good they're not doing any spinoffs of the show eh? i don't believe so i guess they um, could if they wanted to but uh unlikely at this point i suppose like no announcements or anything yeah no i mean they could do one years down the road maybe let's say if they wanted to but it'd have to be like different lead characters if they if they wanted to because i think they wrapped up midge and Susie's story pretty well so uh, that makes sense exactly all right so we're going to take a quick break, and then when we return, we'll be doing our MCU draft. And we are back with our MCU draft. Steven, are you ready? I am. Did you want to quickly go over the rules so everybody understands? Or Yes, sir. All right. So we are going to draft two shows or movies from each phase. Obviously, there are only TV shows in Phase 4. So, um, Phase 4 and 5 are together. So, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Guardians 3 are grouped in with Phase 4. Once you've selected two from each phase, you will be allowed... We'll have two bonus picks at the end. But only once you've selected your first eight. Yeah, you must sense. select one TV show in total. So... In your entire list, you must at least have one TV show. And those are the rules. Everything I good? I'm just gonna right. write. I'm just gonna write down on a piece of paper what I've picked, so I don't lose track. Because there's gonna be a lot of picks here. So. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have ten p ten picks each. And you said there's two extra or one extra? Sorry, just to read uh, two bonus ones. Okay. Exactly. Perfect. Makes sense. Absolutely. I'm I'm excited to get into this because there's a lot to pick from. Absolutely. So I went first last time. So. Do us the honors with your first pick, Steven. 
So I start with one, and then you go with two, then me with two, right? Correct? Correct. So if it's not clear, this is a snake draft format. So you go first, I pick two, you pick two, I pick two, you pick two, and so on. Okay. Um, I have two here I'm debating between. Uh, but I'm going to go Guardians of the Galaxy with my phase, one of my first phase two choice. Okay. The best Guardians movie and a really special one. Uh, and, you know, the phase two and phase one are very small. So I think the low was like, it's very tough. But no, Guardians of the Galaxy is a special movie. Uh, basically perfection, in my opinion. I had to take that one with my first one and maybe jump you to it because I feel like you might have taken that one. So <laughs> I would have certainly loved to have taken it. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Your turn, buddy. All right, with my first pick, I am going with Avengers Infinity War. Ooh, good choice. Phase three. Very good choice. One of the best. Yeah, I think this is the best Avengers movie, just story-wise. Um, probably doesn't have as many highs as Avengers Endgame, but uh, I think like it's the best movie in terms of the the Avengers movies. So yeah, I think you're I think you're nailing that for sure. Yeah, so great movie, and I think, like, I mean, the whole third act is absolutely incredible, but the way this movie starts with, like, the splitting between <laughs> uh, Thor and, on well, on Thor's ship, right, obviously at the beginning with Thanos kicking everyone's ass, and then straight into New York with everything that happens there, and then straight into the Guardians, like, I think this, Non-stop. this yeah, movie that, is so good, so. There's no down moments in this, in this film, like, I feel like there's no moment in this film where you're just like, okay, well, this is just talking to talk, like, everything matters, everything's important, and everything's exciting, too, right, you're, a lot of characters are meeting for the first time here, uh, you're, a lot of these actors, even, not even just characters, finally getting their chances to intertwine, like, one I really love is the Chris Pratt and Robert Downey Jr., uh, yeah, those those scenes are just the best. They're gold, and I'll be honest, they had tons of chemistry, so it worked out really well. So, you know, this is just this is a special movie. One of the special movies, too, where the bad guy wins at the end doesn't happen often. So, you know, I'm uh this is definitely one that I wish I would have gotten, but you know, good choice for your uh your inaugural pick in this absolutely. Track. And with the third pick, I will be selecting Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, good choice. Obviously, I think this is my favorite Spider-Man movie. Um in the MCU, okay. I will say. Oh, I wanted you to um, clarify. <laughs> I think uh, Into the Spider-Verse is my favorite Spider-Man movie. So. Yeah, good choice. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. Um, I think this is a phenomenal movie. I think the arc that Peter Parker goes on in this film is like one of the best arcs in the MCU. Um, lots of emotional moments, lots of nostalgic moments, obviously, with the uh, with the two Spider-Man coming from Spider-Man. the other Spider-Man coming from the, <laughs> the different universes um, yeah. and seeing them again for the first time in forever, obviously was pretty special. Uh, a lot of really good moments between them and uh, obviously a special moment for uh, Andrew's Spider-Man uh, when he gets to save MJ. Um, but obviously I think this one, of, one of the biggest highlights in this film is uh, uh, the goblin. So, Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> wish we would have gotten more of him i actually think that's the biggest negative in that film is he disappears for a very long segment yeah but i mean but there was so much when, going on yeah you, when, when we do see him i think it's it's perfect yeah perfect. willem yeah. defoe is an artist so you know love it absolutely so that's basically that's two third of the pick. biggest films ever made for for marvel like those are two of the biggest hype films ever so i think those are good choices then absolutely robbing me of some of my choices (laughs) (laughs) oh well now you get to rob me of some of my choices yeah i'm gonna expect i'm gonna go and make those tough choices again like i did with the first one i'm gonna take the first avengers from phase one okay i i think this movie is the catalyst for 90 percent of what goes on afterwards like i think this is such a special i've seen this movie four times at the theaters like I, I couldn't stop myself from going again. Every part of this movie was so great. It hasn't aged the best, but I could see why uh, Feige and Marvel was so um, comfortable with Whedon for the age of Ultron. I, also, I can also see why DC wanted him involved with Justice League because what he did with the first Avengers was special and uh, it was clearly very hard to replicate that type of magic. Yeah, so, the first of its kind, right? So. It was. It, it, he nailed it, right? These characters had perfect arcs in these films. Great villain with a great backstory. Intertwining all of Phase 1 really well. Like, this this is the best Phase 1 film. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to grab it before you got to it. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. 
And with my next pick, I am going to grab Civil War for Phase 3. Ooh. Probably, arguably my favorite MCU movie. I think this movie is perfectly written. Uh, I think uh, there is such a nuance to this plot. Big changes from the comics, but I actually think the changes they made from the comics work very well for this movie. You know, there was no massive death, uh, unlike in the comics. And I, I thought this ended up working perfectly. Like, this is the movie that sets up why. I think why they failed in Infinity War was set up in this in this movie. I think this is the like kind of like the start of what was next. And, uh, you know, I think it, it ends up rounding off Tony Stark's arc extremely well. Like, I think it's a Captain America movie, but I feel actually like Tony had the bigger arc in this movie, which was really odd. But mm -hmm. Tony's my favorite MCU character. So there's something about that where I was just like, it's so perfectly done. For sure. Like you're saying Tony has the biggest arc in this film. And I think you're correct. But what, what also makes this film great is like Steve Rogers also has an arc in this film. Oh, absolutely. And, and, they so, and so like if they didn't do that, it, it wouldn't work. But But they did and they did it great. And it works masterfully. It does. And wasn't this the Russo's first shot? No, they did. Uh... No, I meant at a team up. Sorry. Oh, at a team up. Yes, yes, it was. Because I know they did. Uh, they did Winter Soldier as well, correct? They did Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah, but they, but they in that one they did a masterful job as well, intertwining Black Widow with it. But this one, like they they had a slew of characters thrown at them, and they they handled it with such like you said, such a masterful taste. That uh, yeah, this is this is one a movie for the ages. I think in twenty years people are going to look at this movie even higher than they do now, and uh, it's already regarded very highly. Absolutely. All right. So what, what are you going to rob from me now? What am I going to rob from you now? Um, with my next pick, I will be selecting the movie that started it out, started everything out. Iron Man one. Good choice. Aged perfectly, eh? Like that that movie aged like wine. It's such a good movie. And it is so good. every time you get the chance to rewatch it, because it plays on TV fairly often, um, like it's just you're you're kind of shocked at how good it's aged. <laughs> like this movie is fifteen yeah. years old, or is it? Yeah, it's fifteen uh, years old. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah, celebrated exactly. the fifteenth anniversary of it. Um, but like it's remarkable how well it's aged and how well it's held up, considering like everything it deals with with like the arms and the middle east and everything like that like not every movie could age that well no it, it's ridiculous when you're dealing with those sorts of of subject matter so and um and obviously so good, eh? like what, so good perfect cast yeah literally well except for roadie but i liked that know. casting though and that that was what i meant earlier when i was talking about the witcher like i okay. like the casting but they upgraded so you know that's an option, right? But like he was good in this movie. I had no. Did you not like Rhodey in this movie? <laughs> well, I don't know. I just didn't like. You just don't really notice him that much, I guess. I, I feel you on that. The, 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 he plays off of Robert Downey Jr. fairly well, but yeah. nowhere near the chemistry of Cheadle and Downey. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a fair assessment there. And like he didn't really have that big of a story, right? He obviously he like he steps up and becomes more of a character. More of a main character. I guess he's still a secondary character, but um, yeah. in in Iron Man two, right, where he gets Definitely. his own armor and stuff like that. So, and then in Iron Man three, he's obviously the Iron Patriot. So, yeah, and, and I love the role he played later on. So, like, this is the start of so much. Pepper Paws is obviously introduced here. Uh, Tony's one and only. Um, Obadiah Stane is a very memorable villain, despite the fact that he's only in this movie and he's in the first movie of the franchise. I love Jeff Bridges as well, by the way. Such a good actor. I forgot to unmute myself. I'm sorry. Oh, I was, wondering, I was, like, no, I was like, just oh. saying he's a phenomenal actor. So <laughs> Sounds good. So what is your next pick going to be? Next pick is going to be Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oof. Okay. Again, this film aged perfectly. Like you're picking all the ones that are like timeless. All four you've picked are like going to be all time uh, greats and beloved films. Yeah, and I think like these are like is it because they're like grounded stories for the most part? I like, really, think, I think so. Like I, I, that's exactly what it is. Like at its heart, it's a very simple story, and so it's about a it's about a guy who's trying to figure out what's going on with his best friend, and at the same time, there's a whole fucking conspiracy going on within Shield. Yeah, no, and, and the thing is, it works well because this was new, right? We didn't know that Hydra had infiltrated Shield, so it was kind of like a almost a, in the theater. I was like, 
it was like a mystery movie. Yeah. And it played off so well. And, and a I, spy I loved, thriller. It was like a spy thriller. And the thing is, too, you didn't even know if you could trust Natasha at this point, right? That's how stressful this film kind of had you. It was like, yeah. do you trust her? Like she, and the thing is, like, they all played their roles so well. Um, and the twist about Pierce being in, in the head of Hydra was, was very, very well executed. And uh, Robert Redford played that role so well. Um, so, such, a, such a memorable um, end to that movie as well. No, absolutely. Um, and he obviously, it, it obviously sets the stage for Captain America Civil War, right? So, oh, perfectly. Yeah. So, what is your next pick, Steven? Yeah, I've been doing some thinking because I got, I got three. <laughs> I've been staring at the list. I, I'm just going to take Endgame. Uh, okay. I, I couldn't let it sit there uh, any longer. And I didn't want you to end up with Infinity War and, and Endgame, which I feel like you might have had I waited a little longer. So, I got to take it. <laughs> I'll be honest, I actually think this movie, I like it a little more than Infinity War, which is kind of maybe surprising for some. I just love time travel. I love time travel, the repercussions it has. And I have, I have never felt as emotional in a theater as I did when Tony Stark died. Like, I, I think that is the, that hit me like an absolute tanker truck. So perfectly done. Music, you know, the end of that movie is so heartwarming but also heartbreaking it's just a special project and that's why i think since then it's so hard for marvel to do a good job because this has set the blueprint infinity war and endgame has set a blueprint that i don't think is ever going to be recreated genuinely so i had to take this one no it's certainly going to be hard to beat i mean they're going to they're going to take their, sh- their shot at it obviously, oh they definitely with, will uh, they might nail it but with the for... next two avengers movies but it good. will most certainly as you're saying be extremely difficult to beat so um they've they've set the bar very high oh absolutely um now i'm really having a hard time on my next pick so <laughs> this one's tough because i've kind of hit all my favorites yep so you have your two from phase three yeah i have one in phase one one in phase two i haven't touched four or five yet yeah so just give me a second i know we, we want to do this a little quick but i'm gonna look real quick you know what? i'm just gonna i'm gonna do it right now i'm gonna take shang chi and the legend of the ten rings uh for my first phase four really this movie was like the surprise of a lifetime like i i went into this movie like yeah this will be okay like you know it looks fine and i walked out like holy shit this is like a top 10 mcu project like how did how did they do this so sneakily like i wasn't even expecting this such a incredibly directed movie from drama to acting the action sequences in this film are like premium, like some of the best I've ever seen. Like the the martial arts, the you know the way they actually animated the rings in the final fight. You know things that you didn't think look going into the theater would be as amazing as they were, but like this movie was amazing. Uh, one of the, my favorite villains in all of the MCU as well with uh, with Wenwu the Mandarin, such yeah. a perfectly casted role. Played off of Simu Liu very, very well. Uh, I love Aquafina and Simu Liu's character's relationship. Such good chemistry. Uh, other than, to me, other than No Way Home, this might be the best project we've gotten uh, since Endgame. I, I think this is a special one. Yeah. No, I think it's one of my favorites from Phase 4. And I think that even that opening sequence, like with the with the, the dance fight. Oh, yeah. Like, it started off so high. Yeah, one of the best one of the best scenes in the entire MCU for me. So that one's obviously that was a high point for me. That's a, it's a very high point of uh, Phase Four. So uh, that's another one that I really enjoy rewatching. It's very rewatchable. That's the thing too with all these movies. Like like they're good, like amazing movies. I like Endgame for example. I don't rewatch it very often because I find it too long. But like this one is such an easy rewatch for Shang Chi that I, I could rewatch it probably every three four months for the next while and just be comfortable and enjoy it. Absolutely. All right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the recent one because it's actually I have it in my top six and it's still available to me. So. Yeah. What do you got? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yeah, I figured. Good choice, uh, fresh in the minds. Very good choice. So obviously, like we, and if you haven't uh, seen our review pod, uh, we have that out right now, uh, episode fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but um, go check it out. Um, we go into a deep dive of uh, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, just like, man, this movie is just so well done. 
this movie does a lot of really good things um but the the character work in this film is just absolutely phenomenal so um i think james gunn's last film in the mcu was an absolute resounding success so um can't wait to see what he does with the, the dceu but uh obviously this movie holds a special place uh for me and uh I, I honestly I feel tempted to go watch it a third time in the theaters. Like that's how good it is. Like one hundred percent. So Nothing. absolutely. Um and all right. Let's I need I need maybe another phase two, but I'm actually I'm gonna go phase three. My second from phase three, we're gonna go Thor Ragnarok. That's a good choice. I actually wouldn't even thought of that. The best Thor maybe I should have waited longer. Well, the thing is, too, like yeah, we we could have, I could have maybe got that in my extras. Yeah, that's, that's true. Had that's you true. forgotten? But man, what what a, what a special movie! Uh, Taika Waititi really showed out. Yep. So I think I think this is the, mainly the reason why people were so disappointed with Thor: Love and Thunder, uh, because of how good this film is. But uh, this one really revitalized uh, Thor as a character, um, and made it made everyone kind of fall in love with Thor again. So. Um, really special movie. Um, this one we get to see well, we meet Korg. Taika with TV. It's a ridiculous character. We obviously see the fall of uh not Valhalla, but uh Asgard. Asgard, Jesus. Um and set essentially sets the stage for Infinity War with that post credit scene. So um very good movie and uh Another one that's really rewatchable. Like I agree. Like, and it's like I think it's one of the funniest MCU movies. Like, I, I find myself legit like laughing, belly laughing sometimes when I watch this movie. There's really, really good nailing jokes, and uh, I thought it was a good blend of Thor being serious but also goofy. I think it, he didn't really nail that blend in Love and Thunder, but he nailed it here. So it was really well done. No, for sure, for sure. All right, you're up next, my friend. I'm looking at these lists and I like both of them. Like I, I would honestly be like satisfied <laughs> if I had both of these. Uh, my pick though, you mentioned phase two and just so you don't end up taking it by accident, I'm going to take Ant-Man. I don't okay. know if you would have. I think this movie is extremely underrated, like ridiculously. I think this movie was fun. I think this movie was really unique in the sense of they used such cool camera tricks to make the shrinking look cool. Yep. It was CGI, of course, but it was more more or less actually la- multiple layers of film laid out on each other to make it look, you know, proper. It wasn't just, oh, they CGI'd Paul Rudd to be small. They actually overlapped a smaller environment behind him, and it actually looked so real that I, I, it was just great. Uh, I actually quite like Darren as a villain in this film, uh, as the Yellow Jacket. It, it, he's clearly kind of going crazy, and he has good chemistry with... Uh, with Hope as well as Hank and even a little bit with Scott. Yep. I love the relationship with Scott and everybody. Like he has, for some reason, I don't know if it's Paul Rudd just being the best or if it's the character itself, but like every single character, this character, like every single character, Paul Rudd's character of uh, Scott Lang meets, he has instant connections with. And uh, this movie was definitely the start of something special. I, I love this character. It's, he's one of my I'd say top five MCU heroes. So, you know, I had to take this original movie and this is his best of his trilogy. So I'm glad I got it on my list. Yes. A very underrated movie. And one so of the un- best introductions to uh, uh, This one's, I think, the most rewatchable in the entire MCU, though, because it's short. It's a very short movie. Simple, heist, you know. So for me, like, I watched that one probably, that or Iron Man the most, I would say. And then I'm going to round off my phase one. I'm going to take Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, I like my World War II movies. You know, when I look at this film, it doesn't feel like like a like a World War II movie, but it actually like it has such a good blend of World War II, uh, of you know, mag- not magic, but like like well, kind of magic when you when you think about the Tesseract, but like superhero movie, you know, wizardry mixed in with this World War II esque uh, story. And uh, this is this is a good one. It's actually again, I know I'm saying underrated for everything. It's kind of stupid but i actually feel like this is very (laughs) like people don't when they talk about the captain america trilogy they love to talk about obviously civil war and winter soldier which are better movies 
But like this is not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. This this movie ha- has stood the test of time and aged well. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I got ended up getting that one because I think I've left you with slim pickings for your your number two for Phase One. I think Phase One <laughs> did its job, but wait, some of those films did not age. So yeah, I don't know if you would have taken that one. Like, how do you feel about First Avenger? I think I would have taken it over the one I selected, but uh, I'm gonna select. But uh, <laughs> sounds yeah. good. Um. All right. So my next pick, I'm gonna take Iron Man three. Okay, that's a good choice. I think it's an underrated movie. Um, when I get when I gets hated on for no reason, I think. But uh, yeah, really enjoyable movie. The MCU's first Christmas film. Christmas movie, perfect. It's um, a shame, right? They're all Christmas movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think this is a really enjoyable movie. I think the story, um, obviously the. The flip around with the Mandarin and uh, Trevor Slatery is, I think, I think while it may have pissed off some comic book readers, <laughs> I, th- I, I find did. it fun. It definitely did piss people off. Yeah, I liked it too, though. And the funny thing is, uh, they, he, uh, the actor is such a good actor that he played the role so perfectly, but people didn't expect him to play that style of role. So he he was casted perfectly before the movie came out, and he ended up playing the character perfectly, even with the twist. To show us the range of uh, Ben Kingsley. Yes, exactly. And obviously we get to see him again in Shang-Chi. Um, plays another funny role. And uh, I'm excited to see him again once once more in uh, Wonder Man. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And my last phase one film will be Thor. That's uh, not a bad pick, though. The first Thor movie. I think I think Thor... I think this is a good film and a good introductory story. Um, obviously... There's not really like it's our first real introduction to um, Hawkeye as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, yes, he was. That was his first time for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, actually, so, I forgot about that, to be honest. Yeah. So uh, I think this is a good movie. There's not really I don't have much. I haven't watched this in a long time, but uh, I think this is an enjoyable movie. It's a it's a fine movie. This is it the best? No. Does every MCU movie have to be the best? No. But uh the only thing that sucks okay. about this movie is Chris Hemsworth's bleached eyebrows. <laughs> Literally. The worst thing that's ever happened in the entire Marvel Literally. cinema. Literally. It looks terrible. Literally. And what's oh funny is God. Hemsworth looks good now. Like they, they they figured out how to do it properly now. But man, it, when you go back and you watch this movie, I can't stop staring at his eyebrows. They look, <laughs> they look fake like wigs. Like oh, that's so funny. That is so funny. But it's not a detractor from the film. It just doesn't look good. <laughs> no, exactly. All right, you're up next, my friend. And oh. you have one more from and then four or five. Extra, correct. And then a bonus one. And you're still missing a TV show, as am I. Yeah, so what we're going to do here, I suppose, I take my last phase four, phase five, of course. Then I yeah. pick my first extra. You pick your extras, and I pick my last extra. Is that is that how it's going to work? That is correct. Perfect. All right, so you mentioned TV shows. You're probably not going to take it, but I actually would have taken it either way. I'm taking Moon Knight for my phase four, phase five last pick. Okay. I think this show is perfect in every way. I think this character of uh, Mark Spector, uh, Stephen Grant, Jake Lockley, perfectly casted. I honestly might argue the best single performance in the MCU by any actor. I think Oscar Isaac slaughtered this role. Like, there's not a moment in this in this entire show where i didn't think he was stealing every scene with the depth he added to each role it's almost like he played three well two mostly two separate characters here and they were both perfect characters so like all the props to him and you know what i just love the egyptian background uh great fight choreographing for some of the scenes the mystery too because a lot of this you don't understand that he's what's going on with him Yep. Uh, I'm not a big Moon Knight comic book fan, so I really like some of the twists and turns were expected, but some were not. And uh, and I also uh, loved what Ethan Hawke did as Arthur Harrow. I think Ethan Hawke is such a such a chameleon, playing so many great roles, and uh, this one was a special one for me. The only downside on this entire project is the fight scene between uh, Harrow and and Jake should have been showed. Uh, yep. There was just a little sequence there where like they completely cut out the final fight and I thought it was a really odd, distasteful choice, but it really to me it's not gonna stop me from thinking this is probably the best MCU show. And I think what pissed me off the most about that, and because I, I've I've said on previous episodes, like this this show for me sits lower because of the finale. And like as I was mentioning earlier, like finales are important for me. 
Absolutely. And yeah. So, and I remember you right away when we watched the episode, I remember you messaging me that day or the next day and telling me like, yeah, you know, it was good. Yeah. And I knew you did not like that little. And I think it's so disappointing because episode five, I think was one of the best episodes of like all the Marvel shows. And it just, Absolutely. it just disappointed no. me so much. That... It, it felt like they ran out of time. It's kind of what yeah. happened there a little. But uh, other than that, like, like I said, I, this character is just so perfectly acted. I, I can't get over it. Like I, I, I've been thinking about it since it came out. Like I no, can't get over Oscar it. Oscar Isaac did a phenomenal job. Like it's, it's, it's actually mind blowing. It's almost to the point where it's like, I don't want to see him again because I don't, I just don't think he could live up to this, even though, it's, <laughs> even though I guarantee he will, but it's just, you know, I just don't want to touch this, you know? Yeah. So that was my TV show and I was going to take it either way. I, I'm really glad that I, I I'm kind of glad you don't like it as much as me. So I didn't have to fight you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So what are you going to take with your first bonus pick? I'm stuck between two of them. Like, like so stuck that I, I might flip a coin or something. Oh God. You know, I'm actually going to take Homecoming with okay. my first one. I'll do Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, a phase three movie. This is the most, like, obviously No Way Home's a special movie, but I think this one is the most Spider-Man feeling of them. Like, I, I thought Far From Home was a miss. Uh, so when I when I go back and rewatch Homecoming, like, Homecoming feels like it could be a standalone Spider-Man movie. Michael Keaton's Vulture is special. Uh, I think this was such a great role. And the sequence from when Peter shows up at his house to pick up uh, his daughter for the dance and such a great sequence. Way, it, it was like, I was, my heart was racing in the theater, like legit pounding in my chest. It was so perfectly done. Such a great twist. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of moments in this film where you would see Peter Parker realize that he's not Spider-Man because of the Sue or because of, you know, any of that he's Spider-Man because he's Peter Parker and you know he's got the strength and I I love those those levels of nuance in this in this movie. So I definitely have to pick at least one of the Spider-Man movies and I'm I'm glad I got this one as an extra. That is fair. That is fair. Yeah, so why don't you hit me with your extras? You have to take one movie or one TV show, correct? Yes, yeah, so I will be taking it right away and I will be taking my favorite MCU show, Loki. I was just about to say I bet you're going to take Loki. Good so, choice. That would have been number 2 for me. Yeah, so I think that's a I, I don't know what to say. Like, the, this show is just so great for me. Special. Um, yeah. And it's literally the first one that made me get up at, like, 6 a.m. to watch. <laughs> really? I <laughs> before that. work. Like, you know you know what I mean? Like, I, I got but, up before work. Was this later work. in the series? Like, when, when yeah, you were so this was getting like, a little more dense, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. So this was uh, it was actually for episode two, and it was one of the best. I think episode two is one of the best of the show. Um, like, episode six is obviously a highlight. Like, they're all really good. But like episode two, the way that episode ends and everything, I think it's just so phenomenal. Oh, I, I agree. Um, and the way it ends with uh, uh, obviously Sylvie like setting off the bomb with bombing the sacred timeline and and her jumping into a portal, leaving time for Loki to jump in after her if she wants to or if he wants to. And like with Mobius and the entire TBA crew kind of running after him saying no. Like, I think, like, one of the best episodes. But anyways, um, and obviously it ends with one of the greatest finales of the MCU oh, shows yeah. with, uh, uh, let's see, Jonathan Majors, um, Kang, or... He Who Remains. He Who Remains, I guess. It's Kang. Like, it's a Kang, a Kang variant. Um, you know, with that whole monologue and everything, I thought that was really well done. So, yeah, no, one of my favorite shows in the MCU and... Uh, season two's coming. Season two is coming in a few months, so I'm very excited for that. Um, and with my last bonus pick, I'm really debating here, but I think there's a I, few here. I, I think... have no choice but to take this one. It's going to be Black Panther. Oh, thank God. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good choice, and that was going to be my choice if you took my number one choice. But yeah, okay. Like, explain why you picked that one, because yeah, this is a special movie. I think this is obviously a very special movie for the uh, African American community, but I think this is just a really good story at its core. Um, with the introduction of uh, T'Challa, or the the really, I guess, because we 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 met him in civil, civil in civil war, but, but it was so brief that it. But yeah, I guess this was technically a real introduction to the Black yeah. Panther, um, and their story, the introduction of Wakanda, um, all the characters there, I think, was really great. Um, and like Killmonger is one of the best MCU villains, uh, probably in the top ten for me. So. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really good movie. Uh tells a really important story. Yeah, obviously. 
sad now thinking now that Chad has passed, but uh, obviously the legacy he's left has been uh, fantastic and uh, yeah, very good movie. Very rewatchable as well. So. It is, and it sets up a very important aspect. Like you said, it introduces Wakanda, which becomes important for Infinity War. So like this movie is a catalyst for later projects. And, uh, you know, I just thought that everything in this film was just so good. Uh, it felt low scale, but at the same time, like you were so invested that it was, it was, it's very easy to watch and, and relate even to, to some of the stuff he deals with here. Still dealing with the death of his father too, which is something that was glossed over, but you know, still shown pr- pretty well in civil war, but I, I thought it was very well done here, learning their culture, seeing how, the mantle of King, mantle of Black Panther is affecting him. I, I really like this movie, and it's it's aged extremely well, and it's it's always going to be rewatchable, in my opinion. Absolutely, and the fact that he's like still mourning his father, but then learns this extra information about his father that he didn't know, like I think that, that whole aspect is done so well. So it is great, a great cast too. Like they they literally picked such perfect actors to play every role, even the minor roles. So great. Uh, I, lo- I do love that movie. That was probably going to be my pick if you took uh, my last one here. All right. So you, you got me intrigued. What is your last pick? Take a guess. If you could just have to guess off the top of your head. I'm trying to think. It's a movie, obviously. That's, that's yes. it's and it's strange. No, volume two for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. I, I swore you were going to take volume two, to be honest. I was like, well, I, volume two. I don't I don't have that high. I, I think I, I was debating between WandaVision and Black Panther. That's a good choice. I was going to do, if you took volume two, I was going to do Black Panther or Age of Ultron. I really didn't want to do Age of Ultron, though, so I think I was going to take Black Panther. <laughs> Fair enough. But All right. I love volume two. Like I, I, You know it's my least favorite of the three, but I think this is such an exceptional trilogy that you know the introduction of Mantis here, uh, some more of the depth of Nebula as a character. Uh, Ego's relationship with Peter is, is very special. Um, one of the most like gaspable moments in the entire MCU happens in this film when Ego reveals that he's the one who basically killed Peter's mom. Like I legit yeah, it, gasped. It broke my heart to put that tumor in her head. Like so for, like Kurt Russell, man. What a what a rock star. Like what a what a scene. Like yeah. I I felt that in my soul. And then Yondu's death is probably the second most heartbreaking death in the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh on screen, of course. Like uh, of course with Chadwick, T'Challa's death hits a lot closer to home, but you know this yeah. one in the theater, like I, I had a I had a tear rolling down my cheek. I was like, this is really, really well done. And such a good arc for him as well. Like Yondu stole a lot of scenes in this movie for me. Uh, Michael Rooker, uh, you know, such a unique actor, and he played this role to perfection. Uh my only complaint with this movie is it just wasn't as good as the first one. And that's why I couldn't pick it earlier than this, but I'm glad I ended up with it at the end here. Hard to beat it. Hard to beat that first one. So hard. That's movie. why I picked that one first, because yeah. that movie is perfect. So, you know. Yeah. Not a lot of good stuff in this. So we obviously get the sort of reparation of the the relationship between Nebula and uh, and Gamora in this movie as well. Um, the start of her redemption, basically. Exactly, and uh, a lot of good stuff. I think this is a good movie, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we both nailed our list. By the way, like I don't think either of us like maybe like two of these movies because we had to take them. Like For I sure. wouldn't. I wouldn't put the first Avenger in any of my top lists, and I know I'm sure you wouldn't put Thor in any of your top lists, but you know. <laughs> as it stands i thought we both did well we both uh i think we both got at least two or three of our top five right did you i think two or three of my top five uh yeah i think i have no way home in infinity war one two okay so and you... I, I have loki in my top five as well so yeah and i think i actually have civil war and endgame in my top three so i think okay. I, I think and i got them both so i think yeah we did good here and you there know, you go so let's so let's... much good to be taken here that's why Exactly. So let's just recap the list quickly. Um, I have selected Avengers Infinity War, Spider-Man No Way Home, Iron Man, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Thor Ragnarok, Iron Man 3, Thor, Loki Season 1, and Black Panther. And Steven, you have selected Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, Avengers... Captain America Civil War, Avengers Endgame, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Ant-Man, Captain America the First Avenger, Moon Knight, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Anything else to add, Stephen, before we wrap this up? No, I just I, I love these types of drafts, especially when there's a great long uh, a list of things you could pick from. 
this was a lot more intriguing i found than star wars because star wars is so limited and uh yeah. there was a lot of surprises there a lot of ones you took that i didn't expect you to take and uh a lot that i did so you know i had fun with that man it's great yeah it was a good time so we'll be definitely doing that in the future again um so that brings us to the end of this episode of the movie multiverse podcast uh next week steven and i will be back for a review of Barry and Succession with both shows ending this week. Um, and we'll have a delayed reaction for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse a week from then. So have a good week, everyone. Thanks for listening. That'll do it for this episode of the Movie Multiverse Podcast. If you like this episode, feel free to leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. You can also follow us on Twitter at Movie Multipod. You can follow Steven at Your Uncle Steven. And you can follow me at Gab underscore Chartier. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.